Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, episode 172. Welcome back, welcome back. The IKP is here. We got a lot to get into. We got a lot to get into on this Wednesday. Um, A lot, I mean, NBA rumors, NBA trades, NBA draft, and we got, we still in the middle of NFL season. And I usually don't do this because, I mean, I, you know, it's the middle of NFL season. NFL, the NFL is king. But, you know, I'm going to talk some NBA today. I know some people want to be talking about the drafts. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Welcome back. NBA draft, NBA trades, some, still some rumors out there. Is James Harden going to Brooklyn? Let me know. Let me know. What y'all think? Let me know what y'all think. If James Harden is James Harden going to book? That's gonna be interesting. <clears throat> okay, okay. Okay. So the draft is here. NBA draft is here. Um, this draft class isn't the strongest, okay? This draft class is not the strongest. Um, we got LaMelo. So, we're still trying. I mean, we don't even, we don't even know who's going to be the number one pick. We kind of sort of have a feeling maybe it may be, you know, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball has been thrown out there. Um, I don't think I don't think I don't think Minnesota is going to draft James Wiseman. It just wouldn't be a good fit. But so forth, okay? This draft there's no slam dunk pick. There's no slam dunk pick where you know this guy is going to be a really good basketball player in the NBA. There's no slam dunk pick. There's no Tim Duncan. There's no 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 no. There's no there's no slam dunk pick in this draft. It's and it and it, it, it kind of reminds me of the Anthony Bennett draft. I'm not I'm not or class rather. I'm not saying these guys are gonna be as bad as Anthony Bennett, but at the top of the draft he was taking number one and we saw that didn't pan out too well. <laughs> Where's Anthony Bennett anyway? But that didn't pan out too well. So. I'm looking at this draft. I think there's some red flags, even with the top prospects. Um, but ultimately, to put a positive light on this draft, I do think this draft will contain some really valuable, like some really good role players on good teams. I think I think this draft is going to have some really good role players on good teams, um, either this year or further down the line. I, I, that's what I think about this draft. I think this draft's going to have some really good role players. We're going to look back and be like, this draft class has some really good role players. All-stars, maybe not. But role players on, on, team, on good teams, I think that's what, gonna be, I think that's what, what, what we're going to be looking at and what we're going to be saying looking back on this draft. And as I was saying, I think, I think the player with the highest ceiling, if you, if you were to ask me who you think the player, you know, the player with the highest ceiling is, I would go LaMelo Ball. Um, and it seems like LaMelo Ball has been in the spotlight for a while because, quite frankly, he has. Um, we've grown with LaMelo Ball over the years. Uh, his high school years uh, at Chino Hills and then, you know, the, the overseas basketball, you know, from Lithu- you know, Lithuania all the way to Australia. Um, you know, when so... And he also played, you know, at different high schools, moving back and forth. We, but we followed him. We followed the story and so forth. The younger brother, Alonzo Ball, we, we followed him for a while. But with LaMelo, you're getting, I look at a guy who is 6'7", still growing, they say. 6'7", with really good playmaking skills, um, can handle the basketball. And I think he's a, I think he's a crafty scorer. 
I think he's a really crafty scorer. Um, I know some. I know there's been some that called out the jump shot. It's very his jump shot mechanics, rather. It's very reminiscent of Lonzo Ball of Lonzo's jump shot mechanics, and we see Lonzo's jump shot has you know it had to be tweaked. His form had to be tweaked, but with Lamelo, I think he has the highest ceiling, and he doesn't he doesn't play much defense. But I feel like you can develop into a solid defender. You can develop into a solid, and I think I feel like defense is more of an effort thing. It's an effort thing. You, you, you like if you give effort, you, you're not gonna. I'm not saying you know if you don't. You, usually, first team all defend all, all first team. All, usually, first team all defensive players. They usually come into the league playing defense, wanting to play defense, like the Kawhis of the world, the Jimmy Butlers of the world, the Avery Bradleys. Those guys usually come into the league as good defenders already. But you can develop into a solid defender with just some effort. And then if you look at, especially a guy like LaMelo, with his length and size, he can do something on the defensive end. Especially with him being a guard and he would be bigger than most guards, he can really be a good defender. Um, or a solid one. But at this juncture, he's just not a good defender. And, it's, and most of it is because he don't put much energy into it. But there is some questions in Red flags, you know, surrounding the ego. Is he, is he, is he, would he get too big headed? And I think that's all, I think certain places, it, it, it wouldn't, it, it would hurt him, I feel like. You know, if he was to go to Detroit, and, and, and I must say, Detroit, they're one of those teams where they don't make, they're not good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not, they're not bad enough to tank and be at the bottom of the conference. They're like right there in that 10 and 11 spot. So they're not good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to miss it, to, you know, to, uh, to, to get in the top upper echelon in, as far as the draft lottery or to have chances to do so. And they just, they rarely do. So uh, he would be the star in Detroit. And, and I just wouldn't love that spot for him. It's just certain spots I wouldn't love for, I, I would not love for LaMelo. Um, now he's going to go to a bad team. Uh, that's just the case though. He's going to go to a bad team. And then we have Anthony Edwards who with Anthony Edwards, you're getting a six, five shooting guard. Um, doesn't have the best shooting touch. Only shot 29% from three last year at Georgia, but he's athletic. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor and he can score the basketball. Um, he has a nice mid-range game inside and out, but he's just not, he don't have the outside shooting touch that you would like in today's game, obviously, especially from that position. He just doesn't have it, um, yet, but that's something that could be fixed. But even with Anthony Edwards, there's, there's some red flags. Um, the commitment level, does he love basketball? Um, just for my just for my aspect, I saw some games at Georgia, uh, especially throughout conference play, and he looked he looked disengaged. He looked totally disengaged, and he actually admitted it. He looked disengaged on the defensive side of the basketball, and he actually admitted it. And he said he got to work on it. So we'll see. Uh, you know, you know, actions speak speak louder than words. So we'll see if he gets better at that. But there's some major red. I feel there are some major red flags, and I think that's why certain you know teams, especially at the top of this draft, they're they're feeling a little bit. They they feel a little pressure from the media, and they're like, you know, who are you gonna take? But also, they I think the teams the, the teams know that they're red flags, and there's no guarantee that this that whoever you draft is not gonna really pan out. And now, and and I look at a guy like James Wiseman, who I don't think he's gonna go number one. I think he's gonna go number two to the Warriors. Um, even though the Warriors, I've been I seen a rumor uh, that the today the Warriors are trying to trade with Chicago for Wendell Carter in the fourth pick to get the you know for Chicago get the number two. So you know maybe Golden State picks James Wiseman, or maybe they don't, and they they go back, they fall all the way to four. But I'm looking at James Wiseman, and I think he would be the perfect 
draft pick for the Warriors. A seven-footer, a seven-foot rim runner who can get from up and down the court, athletic, um, don't have a great shooting touch, but I think I think with Draymond, I, I think he could really help Draymond down low um, in your front court with the size and you know, th- those different matchups with different centers and different bigs across the Western Conference and across the league, just in general. I think that could really be an integral part to the Warriors and their success. I really do think so. Um, I don't. I, I really don't see the Warriors picking a a backcourt player. Or, or like I just don't. They they ha- they kind of have that solidified. I would say, <laughs> um, with Steph and Clay. Even though you know both of them come back off of injuries, we expect them to look pretty good with, um, with uh, you know a, more than a year off. They we would expect them to look pretty good, especially Clay. So I, I think James Wiseman, athletic rim running seven footer. I don't. I don't think the Warriors can beat that. Now, if they some and you know, in I think offensively he would gel because the attention is going to be on Steph and Clay. You're playing. You're playing with the greatest shooting backcourt ever. You're playing with the greatest shooting backcourt alive. And so that's what. So the attention is going to be all on them. You're going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups offensively because teams can't double you because they have to worry about Steph and Clay on the perimeter. So I think that's the, I think that's the upside to the Warriors and James Wiseman um, in, in, in that pick. I feel like that's the, that's the pick that we kind of, unless the Warriors make a, a trade on, of any sort, we kind of feel like that's what they're going to go with. Uh, you know, uh, that's a roster need, big man, like, we kind of fit, like, he fits what they need. That's that's probably gonna go to who they're going to go with if um, they don't make a trade. And then, and, and then I, like I said, the number one pick, it's up for grabs. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, LaMelo was at number one on certain mock drafts. Now, today, it seems like Anthony Edwards is number one. So and I think and, and by the way I think Edwards would be a, a better fit with D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns because if you I mean just think about it if it, think about if Minnesota drafted Lamelo yes it would be box office yes uh, fans would be excited because Lamelo you know he he's an interesting character he's a he's a he's box office but the that would be the worst defensive backcourt in the league. Defensively, that would be the worst backcourt in the league. D'Angelo Russell is not much a defender. And like I said, LaMelo, he has the size to be a good defender, but he is not he's not a good defender, and he hasn't given much effort on that side of the ball. And then offensively, their play their play styles are, you know, are, are similar. Uh I can see that colliding. You know, both of them are pr- primary ball handlers who want to play make. So let's shift gears to these NBA rumors and trades and, you know, the moves that has been made. CP3 to the Suns, Milwaukee putting out some big-time deals, and now we have the Houston and James Harden saga. Um, so let's, let's move on to that. So as mentioned, we're going to get into these NBA rumors, trades, actual moves that have been made. And let's just start with the Houston Rockets. Let's just start with the Houston Rockets. I talked about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, or Russell Westbrick, as we call him here at the IKB. <laughs> um, and I mean, and that's no disrespect. That's just in no disrespect. That's just, you know, what we call him. Um, but I talked about James Harden. I, I, like, I basically gave you guys the harsh truth about Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And with West, like I said, Westbrook, We've kind of we 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 know this is his play style, and his contract is 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 hefty. He has one of the worst contracts um, in basketball, so it, it, it's not that it's it, that contract is not so pleasing. But with James Harden, he's starting to realize it because now, uh, if you haven't if you did not know, James Harden he declined. Uh, he he declined a two year extension worth a hundred million dollars, so James Harden declined a fifty million dollar per year salary. He declined it, 
So that shows you the disinterest. Um, it, 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 he just don't want to be in Houston no more. Because Houston, they've kind of blown the whole thing up. Houston, they made a trade. Uh, they they gave they gave Portland Robert Covington. Um, I think that was a nice move for Portland. They gave up considerably a lot, but Houston wanted draft picks, and they got so, and they got those draft picks. And they they were in need of of that. Excuse me. But with Harden, he's starting to realize it. Harden, just. Statistically speaking, numbers-wise, just just looking at his career numbers, Harden is a top thirty-five player of all time. Like he's top, he's he's a top thirty, top thirty-five player of all time. Just numbers-wise, just statistically speaking, I mean the numbers that he, especially these last few years, the numbers that he has put up have just been mind-boggling. Averaging thirty-five points, averaging thirty-six points. Um, the 60-point games, the 50-point games, the 50-point triple-doubles. The, the, he's, ex- he's, just, he's just been an exciting brand of basketball to watch. And every, every night, he can go off for 40. Any night, any given night, he can go off and explode for 40, 50 points. But at some point in time, like I said on the, on the previous episode, you're going to want to win titles. And this is a clear indicator. Now, the move to Brooklyn. It, you know, everybody's talking about these trades that Houston could make. And, you know, James Harden wants out. Russell Westbrook wants out. You can say all that you want. Both Harden and Westbrook are under contract for three years. And they don't have much leverage. They don't have much leverage. And the leverage that they did have... Some of the leverage, the, the little leverage that they did have, it went away, especially for Harden. It went away when Harden basically singled out and said, hey, I want to be in Brooklyn. Because now Houston really can't take any calls from any from practically anybody else that, you know, they're, so, they're sold in on Brooklyn. And now Brooklyn has to make a move. Brooklyn, Houston now has to see what Brooklyn can do. What can Brooklyn give them? And that goes to my point. If I'm Raphael Stone, Tillman Petita, Petita, excuse me. Um, obviously James Harden. This is and this is in, in the NBA. This is how trades work. This is how trades work. Usually. The winner of the trade, the winner of the trade usually is the tra- is the team that got the best player. So whoever whoever got the best player out of the trade, that's usually who won the trade in the NBA. And in this case, um, you know, if Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn, I think there was a rumor out there that Brooklyn had uh had offered Curtis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and a pick. It, for James Harden, Brooklyn Brooklyn won the trade because they got the better player, um, and that's no that's no disrespect to uh, James, that's no disrespect to Curtis LeVert or Spencer Dinwiddie or Jared Allen because those are really good players, and then whoever the draft pick would be, whatever the draft pick would be, no disrespect, but James Harden, let's think like think of it like this: think of it in a car aspect. Think if you're into cars. Think of it as think of it like this: James Harden is he's a Rolls Royce, he's a Ferrari. James Harden is that exotic car, and you want to trade it. You want to you you know somebody wants this car. In exchange, if I give you my Rolls Royce, I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with a Toyota. There's nothing wrong if you have a Toyota. It's nothing wrong with a Toyota. But if I give you my Rolls Royce, I do not want a Toyota Prius in return. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. If I, if, 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 because that's what, essentially that's what James Harden is. James Harden is a Rolls Royce. Um, uh, uh, he's, he, he's, he's a, Mercedes G Wagon 2021. He's a Ferrari. He's an exotic car. He's a McLaren. He's an exotic car. 
if I give you that type of car, I don't want a Toyota. I don't want a. Uh, I don't want a Toyota Prius. I just don't. I just don't. So if if you're Raphael and Raphael Stone is a bit, you know, he has the reputation of being a bit rigid. So if you're Houston and, and Houston and this report has come out, Houston have Houston has come out and said we are in no rush to trade James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And it would not surprise me if James Harden started the season with the Rockets. Don't be surprised. Do not be surprised if James Harden was to start the season with with the Rockets or with a Rockets uniform on. Don't be surprised. Because I would not be. Even for Russell Westbrook. The, 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 the Rockets don't have to trade Westbrook. They don't have to trade him right now. And right now it's gonna be it's it's you know with Westbrook, it's kind of harder. His market, um, Westbrook's market, you know he's Westbrook is very expensive. Um, like I said, we've kind we kind of we kind of come to grips of what Russell Westbrook is and who he is as a player and his play style, and no championship contender is gonna want to pick that up. And I, Westbrook is a great player. But no championship team is going to want to pick that up. So he's most likely going. He's most likely going to be traded to an average, or a, you know, a borderline playoff team or a below average team. That's that's probably the location. Okay, that's probably the location where Russell Westbrook ends up because he's just too damn expensive. And with Harden, and with Harden, he's also expensive. But at least with Harden, Harden is a MVP caliber player. Um, I think for I think. Three, I think three out of the last four years, he's finished second in the MVP race. So Harden is so Harden is a legit MVP caliber type of player, top. top but you know, I don't whatever you wherever you have Harden, he's probably in most of you guys' eyes, Harden's probably a top five, top seven, top eight player in basketball. Most of you guys probably look at him as a top five, top six, top seven basketball player. So that's you know he's gonna he you're gonna want something in return, but if Houston and Raphael Stone was really looking for the best possible deal for James Harden, and you know to get the most to get the most value out of James Harden, right? You would first they're gonna you're gonna you would ask Brooklyn about Kyrie Irving. You would ask Brooklyn about Kyrie Irving because this shows Brooklyn, hey, we want more value than what you're asking for in the initial deal. Because let once again, I I, I mentioned my car analogy. Curtis Levert, um, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. Sorry, but for the long pause. Those guys, they're good. They're good players. They're good players, but it doesn't quite add up to the. It, it, it's not the value that we want back from James Harden. And then that would show Brooklyn, um, we want more value. We 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 want more value. And if we're gonna talk, if we're gonna have trade talks, and we're gonna offer up on anything or or have any offers for James Harden. If you have any interest for him, we want more value. <clears throat> we want more value. We want more value. And that is completely understandable if you are the Houston Rockets. And I feel like in any type of this, in any like situation such as this, the 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 team has more leverage. <clears throat> the teams the team the team has more leverage. Uh, and if Harden, if this would be this would be a different story if Harden was on his last year on the last year of his contract. This would be a different story because then it's like, well, you either trade him for you either trade him to the play, to the team he wants to go or to the destination that he most desires, and you get something in return. You get you you at least get something in return, or you know you 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 you, you, you know you just or you just lose him in free agency the following year. But 
with Harden having three years left on his deal, the, t- the, 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 the Houston Rockets and Raphael Stone have a lot of, they have a lot of leverage. They have a lot of leverage and it, it, it could very, it, it, it could very well end out to be, it can, it can end in Harden's favor. It can end where hard, you know, it, it can end up where Harden is traded to Brooklyn and he gets to Brooklyn. It could end up that way. I think Brooklyn would have to consider probably doing a three-team trade. That Houston would, Brooklyn would probably have to end up doing a three-team trade, um, between maybe with the Seventy Sixers, uh, you know, and, and, and once again, maybe the Seventy Sixers. Let's talk about teams that could, like. Let's talk about other teams that could be buyers or that could or that can get into the James Harden sweepstakes. Maybe maybe Philly could do something. Maybe Philly could package a deal where they trade Ben Simmons and they get James Harden and you have a pair duo with James Harden and Joel Embiid. And I'm and, and you know, I shouldn't be surprised at this point, but I'm just surprised by the Celtics, you know, Dan Danny Ainge. And I like Danny Ainge, and I like the Celtics, and I know I know several Celtics fans, but I always tell them this: I think Danny Ainge is one of the better GMs in the league, executives in the league. But the Celtics, how many how many how many opportunities have the Celtics had to land a, a, a like a big time superstar? They had they 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 could have went out and traded for Kawhi. Remember when Kawhi wanted to, wanted out of San Antonio? The Celtics had the they could have offered San Antonio the best deal. They could have offered San Antonio a better deal than the Raptors did. Nope, they didn't do that. Danny Ainge didn't pull the trigger on that one. He didn't do it. He, he, he didn't do it. The Raptors won the title with Kawhi Leonard. Danny Ainge, once again, could have went after Anthony Davis. Had a chance to go after Anthony Davis and did not cash in. He probably could have put up a better deal. The Celtics probably could have... The Celtics could have formed a better deal than what the Lakers gave the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. The Celtics could have... The Celtics have the assets. The Celtics have the assets and Danny Ainge, nope. Hasn't moved. Anthony Davis gets traded to the Lakers. A year later, the Lakers win the NBA title. Also, I mean, I can I can I can name two other guys that that Danny Ainge has had the chance to get and has not. And he just hasn't cashed his trip his chips in yet. And once again, this is another opportunity. For Danny Ainge to get into the James Harden sweepstakes, to get into another superstar, and, and, and you know, to to make an offer, to make a trade offer, and, and by any means, I'm not saying trade. I wouldn't trade Jason Tatum for Jalen Brown. I mean, I wouldn't trade Jason Tatum for James Harden. I wouldn't. I would try my best to keep Jason Tatum. But I'm just surprised that um the Celtics. Um, you know they haven't gotten to the sweepstakes, and I and I and I and another thing that I wanted to address, I keep hearing, oh these NBA stars they're hurting the league with demanding trades. They're just hurting the league. The league is becoming a coastal league. It's all about New York and LA. I think that is totally wrong. I think that is totally wrong. And I think, and I don't want to say it's just, I don't want to say that's just like, like, what, what are you talking about? I don't want to say that's stupid, but I think from my, from my viewpoint, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. I think first you talk about it's becoming a coastal league, New York and LA, New York, the New York Knicks play in New York. There is no prominent free agent that wants to go anywhere near Madison Square Garden. That's, I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? 
Am I, am I right or am I right? <laughs> am I right or am I right? There is no prominent free agent that wants to go nowhere near the Knicks. Kevin Durant said it. Kevin Durant said, hey, the Knicks aren't cool. The Knicks aren't cool. They're not as cool as the Lakers, as the Warriors. They're not as cool as people think. And I know the Nets, they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and now the Clippers have Kawhi and PG, and the Lakers have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. The Lakers always have a star player. They always, the Lakers always acquire somebody from free agency. That's no surprise. But I think if you look, let's, I think if you play, if you pay close attention to the, to the most, most of the NBA players, most of the NBA stars that are demanding trades, they usually come from the Eastern Conference. And I'm not saying small, I'm not saying it's, it's not hard for small markets to keep star players because it is, it is hard. It is hard it, or it is harder for, for small market teams to keep star players. It is. But I look at, I look at the players, especially over the last several years that have requested a trade. Most of those star players are on small market Eastern Conference teams. Those players that are de- are de- that are demanding trades, they're usually on on small market Eastern Conference teams. And this is my point. This is my point right here. I look at small market teams in the Western Conference. Not a lot of them have those problems. The Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trail Blazers, the Utah Jazz. They don't have those issues. Even Oklahoma City to a certain degree. Even Oklahoma City to a certain degree. Because even though even though their stars have left, um, there's been a lot of stars that have left Oklahoma City. It seems like they just stay competitive. They stay competitive. And Sam Presti, he's one of the better GMs in the league. He's one of the better GMs in the league. And he stay, they, Oklahoma City just stays, they stay competitive and and with the draft picks that they have acquired from the Clippers and the Heat and the, um, the Lakers. <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy. And now the Phoenix Suns, because they traded Chris Paul to Phoenix. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I think, I think, I think I, instead of blaming the NBA players hurting the league, Instead of blaming that, instead of saying, oh, these NBA players, they're demanding trades. Instead of saying that's hurting the league, you know what's hurting the league? It is those small market teams in the Eastern Conference that are, that are just poorly ran. Because they're, they're, it's a lot of them. It's a lot of Eastern Conference teams, small market teams, that are poorly ran. And it's just, it's just, it's just so odd. It's so strikingly odd that the small market teams in the Western Conference stay competitive. They stay really good. I mean, Utah, Utah don't have, I mean, Utah, Don Mitchell's a really good player, nice young player. But Utah is a perennial playoff team. They're, they're a team that's perennial winning, that's perennially winning 50 games a year. The same, the same could be said for the Denver Nuggets. The same could be said for the Denver Nuggets. And the only reason, the only reason why James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they the reason why they went out of Houston is because Houston, they're blowing it all up now. They're blowing it all up. But Port, teams like Portland, even Memphis to a certain degree. Memphis, they 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 let go Marcus All, they let go Mike Conley, they let go Zach Randolph. They moved on from that culture and have brung in a set of young guys that can play, and now Memphis is even competitive. So I don't think NBA stars demanding trades is hurting the league. I think it is the Eastern Conference and poor management, mismanagement in small market Eastern Conference teams. That is hurting the league, and that is why NBA play, that is why NBA stars are demanding trades. Those Eastern Conference teams are poorly ran. 
in those small markets. Some of them. Poorly ran. Uh, and I know with KD, um, a lot of people have gotten on KD because um, it seems like every time he's going to have to probably face LeBron, he has to stack the deck. And I know KD's getting bashed. Man, as far as like championships, we all we all know championships, all championships count. But we'd be all lying to ourselves if we didn't say if if we said all championships are counted equally. Because they're not. They're not. There's they, they, all championships are not counted equally. But it kills me. I'm sorry. And I like LeBron. I like LeBron a lot. I'm a, I'm a huge LeBron fan. But it kills me to hear people say, oh, Durant got to create a super team. Because now Durant is, like I said, Durant, you know, if you guys you guys already know, Durant is creating, um, he, oh, well, not creating, but he's recruiting James Harden. And, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could say creating. He's trying to form his own super team. And this is, this is, this is my problem. Um, because LeBron, LeBron, Le, first, let's, first and foremost, LeBron started super teams. He started it. Okay. He started super teams, not the 08 Celt, not the 07 Celtics, not, not, no, 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 no. When I say super team, LeBron was the first superstar <clears throat> in the midst of his prime. To leave his team and go join two other high high end all stars. Dwayne Wade already won a championship. Dwayne Wade was in his prime when LeBron James joined him. Chris Bosh was a walking twenty five and ten in Toronto when he joined LeBron James. LeBron James created super teams. He started the super team era, not the Boston Celtics, not the Boston Celtics. LeBron, that's why, that's why, why do you think, why do you think LeBron received so much backlash when the move was first made? Why do you think he received so much backlash? LeBron received so much backlash. He, he, it's multiple reasons why, but he received so much backlash from the from the decision part one, the decision the first time around, because first the way how he did it, he didn't he you know he could have he could have done that a better way, and not, I'm not saying like he could have he could have told Dan Gilbert that he was gonna leave and he he made his his decision and so forth, but 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 on that that's one of the reasons why he got so much backlash. But the main reason why media and fans all across the sports world, the main reason why they were heated and so, and, and, and that's why he received so much backlash. The reason why, because we never saw, we never foreseen a star of LeBron James' magnitude in the midst of his prime go join two other stars. And leave his team at that. We've never seen that. We didn't see that. But Kevin Garnett first was traded. He was traded to the Boston Celtics. And by the, in his first year, guess how old guess how old Kevin Garnett was in his first year in Boston? He was thirty one years old. So he was still in his prime. Don't get that mistaken. Don't get that mistaken. Kevin Garnett was still in his prime. But he was he was in the back end of his prime. It's, sorry for the long pause. He was in the back end of his prime. He was in the back end of his prime. No matter how you want to cut it. He was in the back end of his prime. LeBron started super teams. He started it. It's okay. It's just the fact of the matter, though. He started super teams. And compare that. Okay, so Kevin Garnett, he went and joined Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and so forth, um, along with Ron John Rondo. For, and, 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 by, and, and by the way, 
The Celtics drafted Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo. They drafted those two players. And they went out and got Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. They went out and, got, they went out and did that. They traded for those guys, though. And, 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 and get this. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not bashing LeBron. I'm not bashing LeBron for leaving Cleveland the first time. I understand why he did it. Cle- I mean, the front office couldn't bring anybody in. They couldn't get him another all-star quality teammate. I understand why he did it. But that still does not wipe away, that still does not wipe away the fact that he did it. LeBron created super teams. It's okay. He created super teams. And you know and you know what? I got something for you guys. LeBron in Miami, you know, they LeBron started super teams, but <clears throat> you know, LeBron in Miami, it was like MySpace. It was like MySpace. You know, you know the social you know the social media app MySpace, right? Or some of you guys may do, or remember it. But LeBron invented super teams. And it was like MySpace. And then Kevin Durant and, Gold, and the Golden State Warriors, they were Facebook. LeBron started super teams. It's just that Kevin Durant and the Warriors did it better. It's just the, it, it, they did it better. They did it better. But even the Warriors, they, they, they built that team off the, out of the draft. Iguodala was a free agent signing. But Steph, Clay, and Draymond, they were, they were drafted. They were drafted by the Warriors. And they just added Kevin Durant. So I'm not saying I, 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 like, I, I, don't, I didn't bash LeBron. I didn't bash Kevin. I didn't bash KD when he went to Golden State. I understand it because those people that were bashing, oh KD, he went to a seventy-three and nine Warriors team. But if he if he would have stayed in Oklahoma City his entire career and never won a championship, those would be the same people saying, oh, he, you know, he, he's he's just another Charles Barkley. He's just another Karl Malone. Put up great numbers, but can't, but didn't win a title. Those would be the same people saying that. So I, I, I didn't bash Kevin Durant from going to Golden State. And I didn't bash LeBron when he went to Miami. But LeBron was 26 years old when he went to Miami. He was still in the midst of his prime. And, and arguably, I mean, and you could argue, and I think it's a damn good argument, his best years was in Miami. You can't say the same for anybody else in league history. I know Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem, uh, Kareem did leave the Bucks. He left the Bucks to go to the, to go to the Lakers, but the Lakers they didn't have Magic. They didn't have Worthy. They didn't have they they didn't they didn't have those pieces yet. They didn't have those pieces yet. Kareem had to wait until the '80s to get those pieces. But Kareem was on the Lakers in the late 70s. He, 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 he went to join the Lakers in the mid to late 70s. Do your homework. Do your homework. So, yes, um, I do think, you know, KD, he, he is stacking the deck. He is forming his own super team. But... The LeBron fans out there, the you know, I, and the, I, and I love the LeBron fans because I'm I, I'm a LeBron fan. I love LeBron, but the LeBron fans out there, they're trying to make it seem like oh KD, he's he's forming a super team. LeBron started the super team era. He invented super teams. Don't tell me about the 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 Car Malone and Gary Payton joining the Lakers. They Car Malone was not Car Malone when he joined the Lakers. Gary Payton was not Gary Payton when he joined the Lakers. Just wasn't. They weren't. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Gary Payton was like 35. I think, I think Gary Payton was like 35 when he joined the Lakers. Look that up. Yeah, he was 35 when he joined the Lakers. And Karl Malone was 40 <laughs> when he joined the Lakers. He was 40 when he joined the Lakers. 
that was not that that was not prime Carmelo nor prime Gary Payton. So LeBron started super teams. So let's just get that out the let's just get that out the air. It's okay. Kevin Durant's forming he's forming a super team. Yes, he is. But LeBron started it. And when LeBron went to Miami, it was like MySpace. When LeBron went to Miami with D Wade and Bosch, it was like MySpace. You know, the invention of some of something, a social app. It was MySpace. But then KD and the Warriors came along, and that was Facebook. And that's when it would it was just better. That's all. LeBron started it. He invented it. And that was MySpace. Miami with LeBron, D-Wade, Bosch, MySpace. Warriors with Kevin Durant, they just did it better. And they created, and they were Facebook. That's all. They were Facebook. LeBron was, LeBron Miami was Facebook, was, was, was MySpace. And KD and the Warriors were Facebook. That's all. That's all. Let's shift gears to Milwaukee to the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis. Before I even get into um before I even get into that, uh Giannis, did you guys see the new Instagram update? I mean, I I mean the, the shopping, the shopping you can now shop on Instagram. It just don't even sound right. And I'm a big online shopper. I do a lot of online shopping, and this is not an ad. No, it's not. This is not an ad, but I do a lot of online shopping, and um, no, I, I, I just I just wouldn't. I can't fathom myself shopping online on Instagram. Sorry, uh, but it seems like Instagram they always have these little algorithm changes that they make and so forth. Not even another money maker. That's all, but. Giannis and the Bucks. So the Bucks, they traded, um, they traded for Drew Holiday, um, one of the better two-way players in the league. Um, I would say one of the better two-way two-way players in basketball. And they also got Bongdon Bongdanovich from from the Sacramento Kings. So both, I I, I like both moves from from Milwaukee. Uh, and you know what this shows me from Milwaukee. You know what this shows me? This shows me from with Milwaukee. I think this 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 is this is showing Giannis. This is an attempt to show Giannis, hey, we are willing to go all in and to do what up whatever whatever is necessary to put us in the right direction as far as Winning the Eastern Conference, getting to the NBA Finals, and winning the championship, and and I'm and I just want to put some perspective around the trade with Milwaukee that they made. Milwaukee, you know, with the Drew Holiday trade, they gave up Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first round picks. That 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 the, the assets that Milwaukee gave Milwaukee gave up. For Drew Holiday, it's very similar to the assets that the Lakers gave up to acquire Anthony Davis. Very similar trade package. Um, not exactly, but similar trade packages um, to, you know, what the Lakers did to acquire Anthony Davis. Um, so that I, I just wanted to add some perspective on that. Um, and then Bondanovich, they did a sign and trade with Bondanovich. They got rid of uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Um, DJ Wilson uh, in a sign and trade. So, in 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 Ilivasova in a sign and trade. So they did that, and I like both players. Bondanovich, like I said, like with Drew Holiday, two way player, he can create separation. He has a pretty good jumper. Um, Bondanovich, a really good offensive player. Defense is not really his forte, but he gives effort. He, you know, he, he he's an okay defender, but offensively. He he's an offensive juggernaut. He can really score and put the ball in the hoop. Um, he can fin he can finish. He can sh- he can really shoot it. Has a nice stroke. Um, can put the ball in the deck. He can create his own shot. He's really what Milwaukee could use. But it's just it just shows you Milwaukee. Malcolm Bro- they had Malcolm Brogdon. Ma- Malcolm Bro- Malcolm Brogdon 
And I thought he was really a player that they could have really used in, 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 that, in the bubble during the playoffs. In the playoffs, in the bubble versus the Miami Heat, they could have used a player like Malcolm Brogdon. But Milwaukee played them cheap. They let him walk. He got a better deal in Indiana, and he signed with Indiana. But I thought that was a player that they could have really used, um, and that could have that could have been really beneficial in that series versus Miami in the playoffs. Period. Uh, I, I just didn't think Herb Bledsoe has it anymore. That's just my. I, I just don't think he has it. A bit of a streaky shooter. Just don't think he has it. And George Hill. He's you know older, so you know. Don't really get much from him at this juncture now, so I, I feel like this is a really good move for Milwaukee. I think it I think it boosts their chances to get to the conference. I mean, to get to the NBA Finals, um, you know, essentially win the East. I, I this it helps them. They and they did get better. They did get better, and they did all of this with keeping Chris Middleton. So, sort of, um, but ultimately it comes down to Giannis wanting to sign. Uh, or getting him to sign that super max deal. I've heard so I saw some news that 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 the Bucks are expecting him to do so. Not sure if I would if 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 I was Giannis, I'm not sure if I would commit at this moment. I that's just me. I would I'm not sure if I would be able to commit at this moment. But it is a good sign to see that Milwaukee is putting their foot forward because I, I didn't think they did I didn't think they did Giannis any just do with letting Malcolm Brogdon walk away. But also on the flip side, Giannis does have to develop more as a player. He has to develop more skill. Um, a jump, a, a, a more consistent jump shot would help. Um, but Milwaukee, they 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 did they did a good job with acquiring these pieces. Um, and it makes them really valuable. It makes it makes them viable in the East. It makes them viable. It makes them viable in the Eastern Conference. They'd be one of the top two teams. I feel like Milwaukee. They, they the last two years they've won sixty games. They got better, so I, I would expect them to have a really good record um, this year and be one of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. I like Boston, obviously. Uh, Miami's obviously really good with a lot of young pieces with Jimmy Butler. And then not to mention the Brooklyn Nets coming back. Whatever they decide to do, either Harden and KD and Kyrie or whatever they have, Brooklyn, I think, would be fine and up there as well. So I do like the move. And with the, like I said, depending on what Brooklyn does, depending on what Brooklyn does, Milwaukee looks like the best team in these. They look like the best team in these. I know Miami, they're pretty good. Miami's right there, obviously. You can't count them out. I, I mean, especially after this year's playoff run. You, you can't count them out. And Miami, may, they may be buyers, um, you know, when Giannis hits the open market. So, who knows? Who knows? And another trade that went, another big-time trade that went down was Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns. I really like this move. Um, once again, the the Thunder did the Thunder did get some really good pieces back in return. They got Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is a really nice player, nice young player. I, I think Oubre averaged about eighteen points per game, which is which is a career high. Um, and you know they gave up Ricky Rubio. They gave up you know some other pieces and some draft compensation to get Chris Paul. And I think. You know, I like Phoenix. They're definitely they'll definitely be a playoff team. I don't want to read too much into that 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 you know that that bubble those bubble games because some I don't want to read in too much into that. But they'll be a playoff team. You got Devin Booker as your cornerstone. Chris Paul, I think, will make DeAndre Jordan. I mean, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Aiden. I think he'll make DeAndre Aiden better. So I, I I like I like this I like this Phoenix team. I don't think they'd be contending for a championship, but I do think um Chris Paul would have this team. The Chris Paul and Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, they'd be a playoff team. They'd be like in the top six, top seven. They'd be fighting for a six, a six seed. They'd be in that range. They'd be fighting for a six seed. 
Uh, I think Chris Paul, he didn't make DeAndre Aiden better because he, he makes a lot of big men better, obviously. Um, he made DeAndre Jordan look really good. Uh, Blake Griffin. So, and DeAndre Aiden, he has more skill. He has more offensive skill and more offensive potential than DeAndre Jordan ever had. So, that that should be a nice duo, a nice a nice trio, a nice you know a nice three players. Um, they'd be really good. Chris Paul still all star caliber. Devin Booker, he's 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 ascending as a superstar in this league at, at such a young age. They'd be a good team. They'd be a really good team. They'd be a really good team fighting for the sixth spot, top six, top six team, top seven. You know. They'd be in that range. They'd be in that range. But Chris Paul, you got to think, you know, I I, I, I mean, it, this is just in my heart of hearts. I know Chris Paul, he, you know, he had to be thinking, ah, I want to get traded to like a real contender. Because let's be honest, I like the Suns. I like Monty Williams. I like with James. I love with James Jones and Monty Williams. And those boys have, I like what they're building in Phoenix. But they're not gonna be they're not gonna they're not gonna be competing for a title. They're not. And Chris Paul, I know you know he he's mature. Everywhere he goes, he practically wins a lot. So and I and I like he wins everywhere he goes. Um, but boy, I know he would love to play on a contender. I know he would love to play on a contender. I know he would love to play on a contender. Um, so I'm gonna I'm I'm wrap this bad boy up. It was a lot of NBA talk, a lot of NBA talk. Um, big day, like I said, the draft is coming up. Um, watch that a little bit. <clears throat> uh, watch out for these trade rumors. Uh, I, I promise Saturday or uh, on Saturday's episode, we will have NFL content. My bad about that. My apologies about that. But, you know, NBA offseason, draft, and all that. So, I had to get into this. I had to talk about that. Also, let me, and also, let me, before I let you guys go, John Wall and Russell Westbrook. So, I saw the report. John Wall and Russell Westbrook, they want, should I get into it right now? Should I get into that right now or save for Saturday? Saturday's episode. I'm going to get into it a little bit. So, there's a, there's a deal on the table, or not even a deal, but trade talks. Trade talks have, have occurred with Wizard, with the Wizards and Rockets. Um, a trade between John Raw and Russell Westbrook. And, 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 and the Rockets, they, they want John Wall, and they also want some more assets. I, I do find it very... Somebody text me. I do find it very interesting... Um, that the that the Wizards would entertain this type of deal, uh, I don't think it makes them any better. Uh, they're both both players are expensive. Um, John Wall he hasn't played in about about two and a half years. John Wall hasn't played about two years. Russell Westbrook we we kind of know who he is. I don't think this elevates the Wizards. I think the Wizards I think they'll be a a, a, a playoff team. Like a six, like a seven, like a six, seven seed. But this doesn't make them any better. I can get into full detail of it on my next episode, on Sat on on Saturday's episode. But uh, I'm gonna let you guys go. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't think it makes them better. I'm sorry. I just don't, I just don't think Russell Westbrook makes make the Wizards that much better. But We'll see in due time if that even goes down, what, that hap- what happens. I'm not even sure if the Wizards have assets to give Houston for Russell Westbrook. Um, but they both are on bad contracts. What, I mean, I think Wall makes about $40 million a year. I know, I know, I think, I think Westbrook's contract is like around the same ballpark. So both, they got both, they both have bad contracts that teams really don't want. So we'll see what happens, but I'll let you guys go. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Uh, I'm your I'm your highly favored host, Isaiah Kid. Um, and always remember two choices, one decision, and I am out. Deuces, peace, gone.
Enjoy the draft. <clears throat> Thanksgiving coming up. Great meals. I'm out, though.